Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. And we are the parents of four kids under the age of six. We know that parenting can be tough, but it's also the most important thing we have ever done. Each week, we'll share stories from our family and discuss what we're learning as we parent in real life. And hopefully, we can learn something from each other along the way. So join us once a week as we laugh about the highs and lows of parenting. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Parenting in Real Life. I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. And today, we're talking about big families. So we have four children, five and under. And we just wanted to start with why we have four kids. So um, for us, uh, we've both want, always wanted a big families. Alan comes from a big family of six. There's three in my family, so we're a little bit smaller. I had lots of friends growing up with big families, and I just really, I really liked that. I really liked how they felt. I really liked the friendships that were built, and I knew that was something that I wanted to do. I think Alan's the same way with that. I mean, when we were still dating, we would talk about how many kids we wanted to have. We both knew we wanted a big family. Then we had our first kid, and we're like, all right, wow, let's uh, adjust. And we've adjusted, and now we have four, and we like four, but who knows? And we had our kids pretty quickly, and a lot of people can't believe how close our children are in age. And for us, it was uh, it was more than just a decision between me and Alan. It, it was something between me and Alan and God, and we felt like that was what he wanted us to do. That Our children came when they were supposed to be here, and um, we felt inspired to have more children, and that was something that we were capable of doing. Yeah. So, we say that out at the front, not to make it weird for any of you, but just because we're going to talk about big families and we're advocates for big families and and think they're great, but we also know that it's not for everyone. And we really recommend people, you know, make that decision with their spouse. And if God is part of your life, then, you know, bring God into it. I think God certainly would have an opinion about something that important, like bringing new life into the world. And so... Um, we definitely recommend that we're, we're, we're not trying to push this on anybody by any means. And some people don't even have the option to have a big family. And so we recognize that there's a lot of different situations out there. We just wanted to preface it by saying, yes, we're going to advocate here for big families, but recognize that it's it's a individual situation by situation kind of thing. And, and hope that, you know, that you uh, make that decision on your own and just take this into consideration. Definitely. So we wanted to start with uh, what it's like to have four kids. And I wanted to share a story with you about something that happened to me after our third child was born. So this was before we even had our fourth kid. This was just three kids, but it was crazy. So I am getting ready to make dinner. And let's see. So Cammie would have been three. I think Chloe was two. And Nathan was uh, just a couple weeks old. So Chloe actually wasn't quite two yet. I'm starting to make dinner, and Chloe just is bawling because she wants me to hold her, which she can't do when you're making dinner, so she's just at my feet crying. And while I'm trying to make dinner really fast, Alan's still at work, um, I can hear Nathan crying a little bit in his bed, um, but I had just fed him, so I knew he wasn't hungry, so I left him for a few minutes uh, to cry, and so I have two crying children just, like, in the background all the time while I'm trying to hurry and make this dinner, and as I'm scooping out the stuffing I was making lasagna rolls, I accidentally dropped the bowl and it hit the plate, 
that what the rolls were on and the plate just completely shattered like shards everywhere like not just like a crack down the middle like little plate pieces everywhere and I just was like no and so luckily the dish that had the lasagna rolls um there weren't any shards in there I double checked to make sure there was nothing in there so dinner was saved the one I was working on was covered so I, I threw that one out so I finished up the lasagna rolls real fast threw them in the oven and so I picked up Chloe, or I guess Chloe, she had kind of walked away before this had happened. And so luckily, it, nothing had happened to her and she was fine. She was still crying nearby. And so I went and just kind of moved her away and I gave her my phone to play some games. And I couldn't do that before because I needed my phone for the recipe, which was on Pinterest, of course. I really like to use recipes from Pinterest. <laughs> and so I gave Chloe my phone. I'm walking to go get Nathan. And I look to my left, and in the bathroom, I see Cammie, our oldest, and her pants are down by her knees, and she had just gone to the bathroom, and there's toilet water all over her hands, and I was like, I mean, she's already potty trained. I didn't know what was going on, so I picked her up, and I wiped her bottom real fast, and I washed her hands really, really good, and put her down and then I went and got Nathan and picked him up and sat down and seriously it was like a minute later and then Alan walked through the door. So that was the most chaotic 10 minutes of my life and that was only with three kids and (laughs) things like that just happen often when you have a lot of kids like there's not it's not always that crazy like that wasn't extreme but among the day there are crazy moments like that that happen. I think the thing that's most surprising for me is just how much of a circus we are. <laughs> like, to to get out of the house anywhere, just not taking anything, we're just trying to drive to the park or something, it seriously is 10 to 15 minutes before we get from the door to the garage to pulling out of the garage. <laughs> it's It's unreal how much time, like, I just can't get over it. Like, if we need to be somewhere in 15 minutes... We need to be leaving, like, we have to be in the garage 15 minutes before that just to get there on time. Not to get there early, just to get there on time. Because to get the circus in and out of the clown car takes that long. It's unreal. And if we're going anywhere for any extended period of time, it gets even crazier. I remember we were going to our in-laws, and it was literally overnight. And we had maybe two kids or three kids at this point. And so we're like, okay, we're going to go to our in-laws overnight Let's bring as little as we can. We had a huge suitcase, a pack and play, a high chair, all this stuff. I was like, we are a circus. We can't go anywhere overnight without packing our car to the roof like we're going for a month. And it really, honestly, it's as easy to go someplace for a month as it is for a day because all that extra stuff that you need for a meal are things you'd need for a month, too. So it, it just... It's unreal. Don't plan on going anywhere soon. (laughs) Something else that is kind of surprising to me is how often I see people watching me. I notice when, (laughs) whenever I'm going to the store, you know, I have one baby on one hip and I'm holding the hand of one of my other kids and then they're all holding hands around each other. So it's just me and these four little kids around me. People just kind of stare at me as they walk by (laughs) and you know, and a lot of people will comment too, and like, are those all your kids? Or <laughs> nope, I just found them. <laughs> I know. I'm like, or wow, you sure have your hands full. And I'm like, yes, I do. So, uh, yeah, people notice when you have a lot of kids and like to comment about it. <laughs> yes, if you're gonna make a comment to a mom of several kids, make it creative. 
like really dig deep and find something <laughs> they maybe haven't heard before because you get a lot. My favorite one is uh, a lady did say, oh, you have a lot of helpers. And I thought that was sweet. Like she was saying it in a nice way. Like you have a lot of kids, <laughs> but, you know, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of kids and it is crazy. But there's also a lot of benefits of growing up in a big family. I grew up in a big family. My parents come from big families. And so I kind of asked everybody as we were getting ready for this, what are some benefits? And the answers really came down to two big buckets. And the first one was economies of scale. And the second was kind of social, all kind of had to do with social things. So for economies of scale, um, the biggest one that everybody talks about is hand-me-downs. And you may have had hand-me-downs growing up, even if you didn't come from a big family. But in a big family, they are staples. I, I I joke, but it might not be a joke. I don't think I wore my own underwear until I was in high school. <laughs> like, I I was living in somebody else's underwear until high school, and it's just, you know, if it still works, why throw it out? And that's that was the, the mentality in our family, and we probably saved a lot of money by doing that because we had four boys and two girls, and so everybody can just reuse stuff, and it's great. You really do save a lot of money. My grandma who was the one who birthed 13 children said you know was famous for saying that she fed her 13th child on on the food she could scrape out of the bottom of the pot so she never <laughs> left any food in the pot because she's you know she said that she fed her 13th child on that and it's probably true another one where it comes to economies of scale and this is one I would never have thought of but this same grandma is now 90 something and is getting to the point that she needs a lot of help and Something that she has talked about a lot in her later years is she always says, well, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have 13 kids. Because there's a lot of care that goes into helping the you know your parents as they get older. And because there's 13 of them, it spreads pretty thin. But I know for a lot of people it's... It's a lot of work, and it's you know it's not something that they would complain about. But it's a lot of work to take care of your older parents, and and it's not when you have a lot of kids. It spreads that between more kids. So mm -hmm. another another perk in that way. Yeah, and there's a lot a lot of social skills that come with having a lot of kids. Um, you know, with your kids playing together, and they create a lot of friendships and good interaction skills. It's they just kind of build this team like your family becomes a team and each person in the team is a team player and with that they learn that things can't be always focused on them all the time that all the attention kind of has to be shared among everybody yeah they say the squeaky wheel gets the grease but in a big family like that there's more than one squeaky wheel so <laughs> so it's not like one wheels. one person's bad day can bring down the whole family because there's just too many people and and i think that's good for a kid my siblings and I were talking about it, and it really is this nice balance where you always have somebody to talk to, but you never are, you know, like she said, like Alexis said, you're never the center of attention because there's just too many things going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's good for you to know that you always have somebody there, but that you're not the most important person in the world. I think those are two really good lessons to learn in life, and, and a big family provides that automatically. Mm -hmm. The other thing I think that it does is that because when you have a lot of kids, it's likely that a lot of them are going to be close in age to, you know, one or two of them. They really become your friends and not just your family. 
And one, I think that's just awesome. I think it's great when your siblings can be your best friends too, because those are friends that are never going to go away. From birth till death, you're going to have them in your life. And so isn't it awesome when they can like genuinely be your best friends? And I think that that has benefits down the line too. Yeah, like family traditions. Um, Having a large family, it it kind of makes you have to create these family traditions to bring everybody back together. Um, it just, there's more reason to get together. Like there's more birthdays and graduation and just lots of events going on that creates activities for the family to want to get back together. And reunions are a big one. I find, I know quite a few people that come from big families and they all, you know, find somewhere in the country that's kind of in the middle and everyone takes time to go and they meet together for a few days and they all have a great time and it allows their kids to get to know each other and their cousins become friends and... I think that's just a priority because I think because you are friends right. with your siblings, so you want to make that effort to go see them. Right, right. We drove 40 some odd hours this summer <laughs> just so we could spend two weeks with my family who's now all over the country. And so it was something that we didn't think twice about. You know, of course we were going to do that so that we could have that time with them. And, mm-hmm. and that I think is because we're I'm such good friends with my siblings. Mm-hmm. So finally, we wanted to uh, end with tips for having a big family. So if you decide that a big family is for you, here are some tips about how to hopefully succeed with that. And a lot of these, I think, will apply to any parent of any number of kids. Yeah. Um, but they become especially important if you decide to multiply <laughs> that that number. Originally, we had looked at two blog posts which kind of inspired this mm-hmm. uh, idea. I'm going to put those in the show notes so you can read those articles if you want. So some of these things have come from those blog posts, and we kind of grouped them together like we did before. The first bucket that we put together was is to go easy on yourself. Uh, having a lot of kids, they take a lot of your time and a lot of energy, and it's important to tell yourself that you're doing a good job. And um, it's important to find hobbies and to give yourself a little bit of an outlet um, so you're not just always being needed all the time and always focusing on your on your children because you really do need that. You need some alone time. You need some time to work on yourself, too. Um, Alexis's toenails are looking especially bright and <laughs> yes. shiny because she needed one of those outlets this weekend. It's been rough this summer, and so she went with... A f- you know, a good friend and they went and got their nails done because sometimes you just need to leave the kids and and go. And that's important. Yeah. Not only after that, we talked for like an hour and a half after we were done because we were just hours and hours. hours. (laughs) We were driving around and looking at neighborhoods and, you know, just chatting and stuff. We just, we just needed that time together to chat. So (laughs) I just gave the kids a carton of ice cream and let them go. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Also, you know, there's lots of jobs for you to do around around the house. I mean, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and so I always have chores piling up. And, and you know, if you work all day, I couldn't imagine having to work and doing those chores, too. Um, so there's always things to be doing, uh, but sometimes those things can wait, you know, and, and it's important to remember to put the, your children first and when they need you, that, you know, whatever you're doing, you can stop and mm-hmm. help that child and get back to that later. Mm-hmm. My sister-in-law sent a, a meme or something around and it I so if you can visualize it it was a triangle and at the three points of the triangle it said your sanity a clean house and happy kids and then at the bottom it said pick two 
<laughs> I just love that. It's so true. You can't have happy kids, your sanity, and a clean house. You can pick two of those yeah. three, but <laughs> you just—it's unrealistic to think you can have all three. No, not at all. Um, also, you know what? You're you're gonna fail, and sometimes you'll blow up at your kids. But it's important to make sure that you apologize to them, and I think you build a a better connection, and you show them that you respect them as individuals. And they learn to respect you, too, when you're able to say that you're sorry mm-hmm. to your kids. I think that's super important. And it's a good lesson to see how quick your kids forgive. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed at our kids and how you can lose your temper and then turn around and say, So, I'm sorry that I did that. And instantly, they're hugging you and saying, Oh, it's okay. And good little lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, that another tip, is to let your kids learn on their own. I think this is so important, is the prevalence of this helicopter parenting increases and more and more people are up in their kids' grill and following up with their teachers all the way up into college to make sure that they're getting the grades they get. That just makes me sick and scared and all sorts of negative emotions. It's crazy. Let your kids fail when they're 2, when they're 5, when they're 15, and certainly when they're 25. Let your kids make mistakes and find out what happens. I think it's so important. I think of, of me as a kid, um, I was I struggled in almost every academic way. Um, and my parents let me fail. They didn't call the teacher and say, hey, our kid's smart. You know, he's not, he's not dumb. Give him a better score. They helped me. They helped me realize what my weaknesses were. And they spent hours with me perfecting those things and I went you know not to humble brag but I went from being like literally I had a math tutor in first grade because I couldn't do addition to being you know passing the BC calculus AP test because my parents let me fail when I was in first grade and didn't hide the fact from me that I was struggling in math and they got me a tutor and I hated every second of it But I learned to work hard and think and do math, and I'm not afraid of numbers. And I could have had a very different experience if my parents would have coddled me and let me, you know, feel like I was smart and good at all those things. They didn't. They let me fail. And I think um, as a parent, that's really important, too. Mm -hmm. I think also part of that is um, giving your kids jobs, real jobs, um, and be smart about this. My mom was really smart. She had six kids, and she couldn't teach us all to do everything. So we all had our own jobs. And I was the potato and jello guy. Sunday dinner was crazy, and my mom would always try and make something nice. Um, but she would give us all our jobs. And if there was mashed potatoes, I was the one doing it. And if there was jello, I was the one doing it. Because I knew how to do it, and so I was doing it every time. And it was good. It's something that I still have. I'm still the potatoes and jello guy yes, in, yes. in our family. <laughs> Remember potatoes? Alan's in charge of potatoes. <laughs> yeah. And I know my potatoes. And jello. So. <laughs> so I think that's really good to to give your kids real jobs. Let them feel like they really contribute to the family. And the best way to do that is to have them actually contribute to the family. <laughs> And that kind of leads into our final uh, group is to uh, love and treat your kids as individuals. You know, um, Alan, as a, as a kid, had those individual responsibilities. And I think that also allows you as a mom to be like, you know, one of our kids, like, hey, Chloe, it's time to do potatoes. You know, why don't you come in the kitchen and help me? And that can start a connection of 
you know, time in the kitchen or just you and the one child. Or, um, we also started doing one-on-one dates, um, just little mini dates with each of our children, uh, on a Friday night, just for like 15 minutes, just one parent and one child, uh, just spend some time together. And, and this is like our daughter ate yogurt while Alexis and her had a conversation. Like yeah. it's not fancy. It's at the oh, dinner no. table. Um, but just, we call it a date so they get excited about it, but it's just mm-hmm. one-on-one time that's deliberate and, and it's something they look forward to. Yeah. Our, our daughter, she really opened up. I was asking her questions and she was giving me long answers, which I couldn't get out of her, you know, coming home from preschool. But this time talking, she opened up and she had questions for me and we just had a really good conversation and I was able to get a little more insight on what she's thinking and feeling. And she loved it. She couldn't, she keeps asking me, we kind of stopped it for the summer because things have been kind of busy, but She's like, when are we going to do that that date night again? I, you know, she really liked it, and she's looking forward to it. So we'll start it up again when school starts. But it's a it's a good way to get to know your child a little bit better on a one on one situation. Another thing that one of these articles mentioned is that you can think of your kids as large toddlers. Um, they need food and hugs, and I think that that's that's an interesting insight. We can't really speak to what they'll be like when they're not toddlers because all of ours are toddlers, <laughs> but. Um, even for our toddlers, I thought this was insightful. Like, oh, they probably are just hungry and need love most of the time when they're freaking out or, you know, going crazy. One of those two things would probably solve the problem. (laughs) And my grandpa was great at using this with his teenagers. A lot of people I hear find it hard to get their teenagers talking. Um, My grandpa did it by staying up late. So when they came home, he was there, but not to grill them on what they did. He would say, hey, do you want a milkshake? Or, hey, do you want a fried egg? My grandpa makes the world's best fried eggs. And so he would offer them things that he knew they loved. And then while he's there cooking for them and feeding them food, it's really easy to get your teenagers to talk. And with the hug part, one of the blog posts uh, mentioned to not let go first when you're giving your kid a hug. And that's something that I've been trying to do um, more with our kids is just, you know, keep holding on and they'll let go when they're ready to. And some of our kids, that's going to be longer, um, like Cammy and Nathan are long huggers. And some of them, that's shorter, like Chloe, she just doesn't really need it as much. She'll do a quick hug and she's done, you know. And so, but if we let them be in charge of that, I think then it just brings comfort to them. Our theme music is by Dave Depper, and you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And when you do, don't forget to give us a rating. You can also email us with any questions that you have or topics you'd like to, for us to talk about at parentinginreallifepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at learnaswego or online on my blog at learnaswego.org. And a special thanks as always to our kids for being kids. Don't do the SUV, the mini SUV. Don't think you're going to be a cool SUV mom. You're going to be a van mom. Just embrace it. Yeah, from the beginning because you'll regret it that later. That means you two dads. I promise. <laughs> <laughs>